Hey, this is Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel, Divine, Texas. Would really like to thank you for taking time to check out our podcast, our Sunday sermons, and our Wednesday night Bible studies. You can always share this, download it, or even find it on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, and pretty much wherever you can find a podcast. You can also find out about our church service times. We have our Sunday service at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night Bible study at 7 p.m. We're located in the Market Media Building. It's located at 203 East College Avenue, Sweet C in Divine, Texas. Plus, if you need to get any other information from the church, you can do all of this at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Here's today's teaching. I hope that you're having a a good time uh, tonight uh, as we start a, a new book. We're actually taking a break. We're gonna be, I decided we are gonna do the um the minor prophets when we get done uh with this book so when when we get done with uh calvary chapel distinctives we'll start the minor prophets uh which i'm looking forward to doing uh and we'll be back into our verse by verse study as we get into wednesday night uh sunday will be in the book of mark we got three parables that we'll be going over uh from mark chapter 4 verses 21 through 34 and so uh it's, and I love the, the title is Pay Attention, because that's what Jesus said in, in the verses, which I love. Because I think it's, it, for us, too, it's something that we need to be doing. We need to be paying attention. So um, we're going to pray because we have, a, uh, we have some that are not feeling well. Uh, and I have uh, my son-in-law that's not doing too well and, and their family. So I want to pray for them. I want to lift up Jimmy and his family. We had been praying for his brother-in-law. His brother uh, went home to be with the Lord. His brother-in-law went home to be with the Lord today in, uh, in California. And so we, uh, we want to lift up him and his family uh, as well as those that are, are battling right now. Uh, this thing that's going around, uh, whether it's COVID, I think we got some other ones that, uh, that we know. So we're just going to go ahead and pray for those. And then we'll get into the book. So let's go ahead and open up in prayer and we'll get started. Father God, we thank you so much for uh, tonight. We do pray for those that are, that are sick. We pray for healing. Uh, pray specifically for, for Manny and uh, his family. And we pray for Jimmy for their loss. Um, and, and just pray, Lord, that you just comfort them. And, um, and they still have one more that's still in the hospital. And so we pray for pray for his sister as well. And uh, at the same time, Lord, uh, we pray for the city of Divine. We know that uh, Lytle, Divine, Natalia, and Castorville, there's been stuff going around since since probably early June or early July. I mean, and uh, and so we just pray if if you're at home uh, sick, we we pray for you. Um, if you know somebody that's that's battling, we just lift them up for you and and just ask for healing. Uh, we thank you, Father God, just for all that you're doing. We pray for the night of worship that's coming on September 12th. Pray for Jarrell and Darren and, and Pastor Wade and, and just all the odds and ends and the Rise worship team, just everybody that's going to come together. We pray for the sound system as we were just talking about that. Uh, just pray for all those things to come together uh, and, and that it would just be a blessed time. Uh, we also lift up this building. We thank you, Father God, for, uh, for Marcus and their family. Uh, we pray that you just continue to bless their building, bless their family. Uh, and, and we just ask, Lord, uh, that you just do a mighty work in the city of Divine. You know, as, uh, as we were just talking, there's that disconnect that we see with some Christians. We pray, Lord, that we would get connected to the power of the Holy Spirit, that we would um, have that passion, that, 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 that we wouldn't lose our first love and our relationship with you would be primary. And so we pray, we lift up the city to you. We pray for the, uh, just for the school year that's fixing to get started and just pray for our teachers. We, we just ask, Lord, that you just do a mighty work through the word tonight as we go through uh, the introduction for this book. And we thank you so much for uh, the scriptures that were provided as well as we go through those. And we just ask that you uh, speak to each one of us, Lord. And we just ask that in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so Calvary Chapel Distinctives, um, the book. So basically, uh, first off, 
we we got books coming in, so I'll have yours, Miss Kathy, by this weekend. I'll make sure you have it. So when we'll, we'll really get started next week when we get into Chapter 1. Uh, but the book is available online. You can get it at uh, calvarydivine.org. So right at the very front of the website, right there, you just click that button. And if you have your tablet or your phone, you can you can use that to, to navigate the book and read it. Um, and so... Uh, one of the things that we do want to do as we, we talk about Calvary Chapel distinctions is just what we, as Calvary Chapel, what we believe in, pre-trib. And we believe in, you know, uh, the power of the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit operates. And, and we just get into all of that. That's what the book's going to do. So tonight, as we look at the introduction, one of the things that I want to do is just kind of go over a couple of things. we gotta, we got to talk about Calvary Chapel distinctive overall with Pastor Chuck uh, when he wrote the book was wanting what Calvary Chapel is and then at the same time we have to talk about uh, Calvary Chapel Association uh, for our region for what Pastor Ron what we just talked about this past week at the pastors conference uh, that we had just a little one-day conference for the region and just some things that he in order for us to be affiliated these are no there ain't no bend on these and so we'll go over those uh, and then we're going to talk about what what we were, had put on our hearts when we came out here and and I'm not going to get knee deep into that because those studies are online you can you can watch them uh, and then also the uh, the information is on the website as well so I'll, I'll kind of glance over those things but focus primarily on uh, the introduction this week so most people know Calvary Chapel from the Jesus movement and, and, you know, my prayer is, is, is one of the things that, that we, uh, I guess we got some bad weather coming in. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All righty. All right. Well, let's keep going because we, we need to go over the word. So we know, we know, we, we can see the clouds building up, so it's coming. But Calvary Chapel are, are independent of one another. They're actually uh, comprise a, a denomination uh, that does not comprise of a denomination. So uh, Calvary Chapels do not bear uh, the, cal- they, the, the, the ones that don't bear the distinctive principles, they don't get the dove, so to say, right? And so uh, one of our, our main emphasis is teaching the Word of God. And we do that verse by verse, uh, chapter by chapter. And one of the things that Chuck always uh, emphasizes the teaching of the Word of God, but also uh, the work that's done on the heart through the Holy Spirit. Uh, and, and we talked about that this, this past week. We talked about having deep roots. In order for the Word to, to be implanted and, and to grow in us, we need to have good soil. And, and so that's really, you know, at the end of the day, what we're looking at is... is trying to make sure that regardless of what Calvary Chapel you go to, they teach the Word of God, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. That's, a, that's an essential. Um, the history of Calvary Chapel, Pastor Chuck, started uh, back in 1965 at Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa. Uh, they had, um, actually Chuck didn't, he did ministry for, I forget how many years before that. But, but Chuck decided that um, he liked the area. A lot and so he he decided that he was going to stay in that area and and so uh, one of the things that he did is he was like well in order for me to stay I only have a teaching for this period of time so what he did is he, he came up with a way of teaching where he's doing uh, verse by verse chapter by chapter and that was the most rewarding that he had had happen and so when Chuck uh, started the church at Costa Mesa, they started having hippies that were showing up. And, and one of the problems that they had is the, the hippies were messing the carpet up. And so the elders were upset because they had this brand new carpet and the hippies were, they were getting dirt and tracking stuff on it. And, and Chuck told them, you know what, if you're going to be a part of this, you're going to have to rip up the, the carpet because I would rather have them here to hear the word of God than be worried about the carpet. And that's really, at the end of the day, what we need to understand is that the church is for everybody. Now, I think some of the things that we do have happen, you know, as we see the Holy Spirit move and the Jesus movement happen through this, uh, Calvary chapels have gone throughout the world. 
and and no matter pretty much wherever you go there's a calvary chapel there uh, especially if it's a beach if there is for some reason if there is a beach there's a calvary chapel there's i mean it's it's always there um but i think there's possibly it's gonna be one of them nights it's gonna be possibly i think there's probably about over 1800 fellowships probably more than that now um and so one of the things that we're going to do is is if you want to find out more about the history of calvary chapel there's a book called reproducers and that book's available on our website at calvarydivine.org you can read that it's free it's pdf and so um it'll go into a little more in depth about that uh and so for us the main thing that we want for for calvary chapel is is we meet to worship the Lord, and, and we want to hear His Word. We fellowship together, we grow in grace, and we desire to make disciples that go all across the world. Um, I think the biggest thing is for us is like to understand that each of us have a calling. Um, each of us have been given a gift uh, from the Holy Spirit. And when we get into that chapter, we'll talk about the different gifts and all but to understand that that uh, I think it's in Hebrews chapter 5 verses 4 and 6 it says and no one takes this honor for himself but only when when called by God just as Aaron was and so for us you don't just jump into being a pastor it's it's something that you're called to do and I think this is very important I think that's why we see a lot of the mess that happens not in Calvary Chapel, but in a lot of other churches, you get all these young guys, and they just jump into it, and, and there's not a calling behind it, and they quit, or something happens. And so for me, just to kind of give you a background for me, because I never understood that I had a calling. I gave my life to the Lord in 2009, um, January 11, 2009, to be fact. Uh, the, the thing is, is, I showed up at Grace Calvary Chapel in 2008 of November. I sat in that church for probably two months before I decided to follow Jesus. And um, never thought that I would serve or, or be a part of the church in any form or fashion. Um, we, we came to know Christ, I came to give my life to the Lord, and, um, and and through that, over time, I think by 2000, the end of 2010, they had asked me to be a deacon. Uh, I had started serving in 2010, and and I went at it full steam, and 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 they asked me to be a deacon, and I was like, okay, I didn't know what a deacon was. I didn't realize there was scripture that I was brand new to Christ. I was just hungry to and that's why I was saying like when we talked about growing and we're going to talk about that again this weekend you can grow as quickly as you want that soil if you tend that soil and you keep those weeds out which is the world that's the weeds you keep that stuff out and you just keep focusing on God you'll grow but one of the things that that was put on Pastor Joe's heart is he saw a calling that he saw for me to, to, to be in leadership, to eventually become an elder and assistant pastor. And then eventually I had it put on my heart to, to plant a church. And so it is not something we jump into lightly. Um, I think we, if you think about 2010, I became an assistant pastor probably five years ago, four or five years ago, I believe. And, and then we prayed about, I mean, it took us, what, two years to get to this point. And so it's not a quick, like, oh, I'm going to be a pastor. That's, that's not how it works. There's a calling that has to be put on your life. And so one of the questions that Chuck asks, he says, are you convinced that, that, that God has called you into ministry? Now, all of us have a, an opportunity to serve. But a call to be a shepherd is completely different. Um, we're, not, we're not called to be in a profession. We're, we're called to do God's work. And so a lot of times I'll hear people say, you know, about the ministry that it's a, oh, it's a work. Or it's, because it's not. It's a ministry. 
you're called to be a servant. And a lot of times what we do is we, we equate it with work, work, and not God's work, you know. It's, it's the work of the Lord. And, and so whether you're doing children's ministry or you're doing sound or you're, you're praying or you're part of the worship team, it's, it, it, it's a sacrifice. It, it is a sacrifice. Um, and, and so to do ministry, it, 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 it does cost you something. And I think that's one of the things we need to remember. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 16, it says, For I preach the gospel that gives me no ground, no ground for boasting, for necessity is laid up upon me. Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. That's, that's a big woe to me. I am here to, to teach the word of God. Okay? I am not here to be your motivational speaker. I am not here for... Um, you know, for my, my main focus as a pastor should be in the Word of God to teach. I need to put my time and focus on that. And so it requires other help around me. And, and so that's what our prayer is always, always is. Just like, you know, we pray, you know, we have Sarah, but we pray because it's a lot to do ministry every Sunday and Wednesday. To prepare worship every, twice a week, it's a lot. And so we pray for someone else. We pray for court to be able to sit with his wife, you know, that he can take that break. You know, that's all the things that we pray for, for Teresa to have somebody help out with children's, you know, at some point. But at the same time, what, what our focus here, whether it's children's ministry or whether it's men's ministry or women's ministry or our teaching from the pulpit is to teach the Word of God. That's, that's it. Because what, is, what does God's Word do? What, God's Word has power. It has power. It's, it's God's Word that changes people's life, not us. It's the Word of God that does that. And so, God forbid that I come up here and just give y'all some kind of motivational speech. That's not going to do you any good. You're going to feel good for a few minutes as you walk out of here, but I guarantee you by the end of the week something's going to happen. And, and you're gonna, what, what are you going to rely on? You need me to call it back up and say, hey, I need another speech. That's not how that works. You have God's word. You have joy in God's word. And Jeremiah says this. Uh, he, he ran from his responsibility. In Jeremiah 20, verse 9, it says, If I say I will not mention him or speak anymore in his name. He goes, I will not mention him or speak anymore. Because he's like, I'm done. I'm not going to do this no more. Jeremiah had decided to speak and, and was thrown in jail. So he paid a price for what he was doing. He was thrown in jail and, and had his life threatened. And he goes, I quit. I quit. 250 pastors leave the ministry every month. Every month, 250 pastors quit. They walk away. You can say, were they called? I don't know. Were they tired? Maybe. But at the same time, it's, it's a staggering number if you think about it. Whether some pastors burn out or, or something ends badly, 250 of them are gone. Just think about, you know, Jeremiah. He's been thrown in jail. He's had his life threatened. And he says, I quit. Just think about what Calvary Chapel San Jose went through. $3 million in fines for opening their church during COVID. The pastor, pastor was put in contempt of court. Um, the mortgage company, the church lending company, threatened to recall their, their $1.2 million payment and said that it was due it immediately. They could have lost their building. It, it'd be easy to quit, right? be easy to walk away from it. Now you see why 250 pastors walk away. It, it's not for the, the weak, at, weak at heart. I, I've seen, I've served under Pastor Joe, and I've seen, you know, just different seasons of ministry, and it's tough. And, and it requires a deep connection with with spending time in prayer and in the word and 
And, and I, I just, we, we don't want, it's a calling. We don't walk away from it, you know? We may retire from it. We may be called to a different ministry as we get older, you know? Or we may build somebody up and have them take over the church and we step back and that may, that may happen. But I love the second part of that verse because in, in Jeremiah 20, 20 verse 9, he says, I will not mention him or speak any more in his name, but it, listen to what it says. It says, there is in my heart as it, as it were, were a burning fire shut up in my bones, and I am weary with holding it in, and I cannot. He couldn't hold it in anymore. It's a calling. It's, it's something that we've been called to do, and, and, and we need to remember that even if we want to walk away from it, it's still there. It's a calling. I, we went through this. I got diagnosed with, um, yeah, we thought it was a genetic disorder, but it turns out, let me see how much I wanted to say before, because I, I, I don't want to end up on the government's wanted list. Um, we were in the Gulf War, and we were exposed to sarin gas. Government said we weren't, and then the government said we were. Um, and then uh, they thought I had a, gen a genetic disorder called porphyria, uh, which is caused by um, being exposed to gas of some sort, some chemical. Uh, it turned out it wasn't genetic. It turned out it was, it was from the chemicals that we sold Saudi Arabia or Iraq. So, you know, that's a whole nother, I won't get into that. Because that's a whole nother thing. There you go, Lord. Lord telling me no. <laughs> but the thing is, it's like, at the end of the day, I, I, I got to a point thinking, I'm just going to be an assistant pastor and ride, I'll retire with Joe. Because I knew my health, uh, there's a possibility that you know, the things that they were looking at were transfusions, being out, of, being out for two weeks at a time, in and out the hospital, that sort of thing. And, and so I was like, I guess the, it's over before it got started. And I, I, I just kind of drifted away from the idea of it, probably for about three months. And let me tell you something, that calling, that burning, it, it, it never stopped. And it's like if you're if 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 you trust me and you lean on me, I'll get you through this. I'm your strength. The reason you have this is so you lean on me and not your own understanding, right? And and so one of the things I, I, I decided we were like, okay, look, we're gonna go ahead and do it. Let's just do it. And and honestly it, we went through that period, there was a little bit of doubt. And let me tell you something, when you have doubt, you get cast around like it ain't nothing. And then the Holy Spirit gets a hold of you and grounds you. Um, and, and what's funny is I was sick before I came to know the Lord. I had an autoimmune disease. So this was the first thing I had ever gotten when I was a Christian, and I fell apart. And I was like, man, what, what am I doing, you know? But at the end of the day, it's like you have that burning inside of you that this is a calling that I'm supposed to do. And I told my wife, I said, we may do this, and it may crash and burn. But I'm going to do it because it was the Holy Spirit gave it to me to do, and I'm just going to go for it. And if it does, it does. It's, you know, I, I want to be obedient to the Spirit. And so we took that step of faith. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 13 says, as for, as for you, brothers, do not grow weary in doing good. You know, if we don't occupy our time with the right thing, you'll occupy it with the wrong one. Okay? It's very easy to think that ministry is glamorous. You know, it's not. Uh, everybody wants to be on stage. It, everybody wants to be on the worship team. It, you know, I'm going to tell you, it's a sacrifice. It's a sacrifice. Uh, and we have to understand, even with, with the sacrifice, there's going to be trials and tribulations. This is whether you're serving or not. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12, it says, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial 
at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. Persecution is, is not something that is, is alien to us as a Christian. It's going to happen to us. Uh, throughout history, God's people have suffered. That's part of it. It's part of it. James chapter 1, verses 2 and 4, and this is the fun part. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and lacking nothing. Perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. See, the thing that Pastor Chuck talks about is like if you're going to be a, a follower of Christ, the one thing that you need to have is commitment. You need to be committed to Christ, right? And one of the things he says, he goes, I am what I am not by my own ambitions, not by my own desires, not by my own will. I am what I am by his will. I've committed my life to him, and, I, and if I am committed to the Lord, I will also be committed to his word and his ministry to serve others. That was Pastor Chuck's thing. And I think one of the things that we have to think about is Chuck left a, a successful business. He was, he was running a business and was very successful at it. But he left it all behind. That's what we have that verse in Luke chapter 5, verses 27 and 28. It says, And after this he went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting in the tax booth, and he said to him, Follow me. And what did Levi do? And leaving everything, he rose and followed him. You've got to be committed to Christ. And that's whether you're serving or not. You've got to be committed to Christ. That is the disconnection that a lot of Christians are going through right now. They're not committed to the Word. They're not committed to prayer. You know, they're not committed to coming to church. They're not committed to watching online. So even if you're watching online, they'll, they'll, off and on they'll watch. They're not there on Wednesday. They're not there on Sunday. I, I, you know, I got this barbecue. I'm going to go do that, and I'll watch the sermon later. And then they never watch it. That's the convenience of church now that's happened. But there has to be a commitment to Christ. The other thing is, is that there has to be a commitment, but a, a commitment that you're a servant. You're a servant. Everybody who follows Jesus Christ is a servant. In Mark chapter 10, verses 42 through 44, it says, And Jesus called to them, to him and said that, uh, to them, You know that all those who consider rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their great one exercises authority over them, but it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. Right? Practice servanthood. It means that you, you, one of the things that Chuck would do is he would actually, this is back when people smoked, and that's not a big deal today, everybody vapes. But back in the day, in the 70s, everybody smoked. And Chuck, it used to drive him crazy because everybody would just throw their cigarette butts all over the, the campus. And so what Chuck would do is walk around in between time and pick up cigarette butts. He's like, I'm called to serve. And then one of the things he did all the way up until when he got sick is he cleaned the bathroom once a month. He had a bathroom that he told the, the team, the maintenance team, don't touch it, just leave me the stuff there, and I'm going to go in and clean it. It's, it's, it's humbling. It's, it's uh, uh, reminding us that, you know, we're leased. We're leased. Just because you're, you, you, know, you're, you have a, a title doesn't mean that you're you're anything special. It, it, it doesn't. Colossians chapter 3, verse 17, and this is what I love because Chuck used to give this all the time. He says, And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. And whatever you do in word or deed. And he said it used to burn him up picking up those cigarettes. And he learned over time just to be humble and just do it. Just do it. Just do it. And he, and he talks about it in the book. He says it's one of the most filthiest habits that you can have. And I was like, man, I was like, he really had some, because he picked up a lot of cigarette butts. 
Um, but at the end of the day, it's like, that's just one example. Uh, you know, especially in today with people getting sick, taking somebody's soup or letting them, calling on them, checking on them, seeing how they're doing. That's all part of serving. You know, it's all part of serving. Mark chapter 10, verse 45 says, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. The other thing that I love is that, that we need to be committed, we need to be a servant, and we need to be humble. We need to be humble. You know, and, and part of being humble is to obey the call to love one on Jesus, to point people to him. I'm not, my job is not to point people to me. My job is to point people to Christ. So if you're going through marriage problems or you're having kid issues or you're having teenage kid problems, my job is to point you to Jesus. It's, it's not, I'm not the end-all, be-all, fix-all. God's Word is. The Holy Spirit is. Jesus is. He has the answers. And so that's why we always go to the Word. That's probably one of the first things I, I can remember Joe would, would do. The first thing he would ask you is, where are you at in your Word? And you see people fumbling and stumbling. Well, I haven't read since last week. You know, how are you going to be obedient to Christ if you're not in His Word? In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5, it says, Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourself, all of you, all of you, with humility toward one another. Nobody's, I'm least. Nobody's better than anybody else. We, we need to be humble. And, and pride gets a hold of a lot of people. You get a hold of a lot of people. They think that the ministry can't survive without them. It can. It will. That's, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's just how it is. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 through 14. That's my prayer for us as a church. Put on then as God's chosen one, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another and if one has a complaint against another forgiving each other as the lord has forgiven you so you also must forgive and above all these put on love which binds everything together in perfect harmony we don't look for applause from from people we don't look for those attaboys and you're doing a great job that's that's not what a humble person would do that's, that's, that's a prideful person where they're looking for that. Just like, no, don't say anything. No, 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 no. And they're like, please, come on. That's, that's, that's not what we're talking about. So we need to be committed to Christ. Be willing to leave it all. We need to be a servant and we need to be humble. We also need to be committed to the Word. This is a big one because this is where a lot of people get in trouble. Because they're not committed to God's word. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 5 and 16 says, Do your best to represent yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has need, no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. But avoid irrelevant babble, for it will lead people into more and more ungodliness. I will not go off on a tangent of stuff if it's not like if it if I don't have that scripture for that week, I'm not going to do that to y'all. If there's something that's in the scripture that lines up with something that's happening in the world, then I may say something. But otherwise, I don't want to just be up here babbling. You know, we, we're here to teach the Word of God. The, our job as a pastor is to, to make sure that, that you hear the Word and, and that it's God's Word and God's people that apply it. That's our responsibility. It's, and unfortunately, what we've seen a lot of is people just, they don't take it serious. And I'll get more into this. We're almost, almost there. I'm thinking where we're at. All right, Calvary Chapel, I'll go through this real quick. Calvary Chapel conference notes. So this is Pastor Ron Arbaugh. He is the head of this region from Temple down. Okay, that's probably the easiest way to do it. 
So just imagine from Texas, Temple, Texas down is Pastor Ron Arbaugh's region. And, and so one of the things that he had talked about is uh, in order for any church of Calvary Chapel to be affiliated, they have to meet these requirements or he will not affiliate them. And so it used to be, I think back in the day, Chuck would affiliate or the board would affiliate and they don't do that no more. So Calvary Chapel Association, the affiliation comes from the regional uh, board members. And so Pastor Ron Arbaugh is the one who affiliates. So we're working on our affiliation. We have to do the application, have to go through the affiliation process. It's not going to be quick. It'll take time. Um, and so we'll, we'll start doing that. Uh, and, and we're in the process of that already. Uh, CCA, Calvary Chapel Association, is what we fall under. So, let's say somebody comes from CGN into the region. This is one of the things I talked about. They have to affiliate through CCA. So, where, even if they're a Calvary Chapel, when they get here, they have to go through the affiliation process. That's part of it. So anybody that comes into the region has to go through this process. So one of the first things he talked about is, is as Calvary Chapel, and this is, we're going to get knee-deep into all these subjects over the next few weeks. First one is pre-trib. We do not, we do not, we, 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 we don't, we're not post-trib, we're not mid-trib, and I'll explain all these things as we go. So we're talking about the tribulation. We believe that the church will be taken up before because why would Christ leave the bride to be beaten up during the tribulation, right? So that's, and, and that, we'll talk about that more as we get into Thessalonians as we dive into that. But one of the things that he said I, I thought was really important is that Calvary chapels should be occupied doing the work of the Lord until he comes. The whole point of the rapture is you should be busy doing God's work. Because he could come at any moment. Right? So there should be a sincere, like a sense of urgency to do the work of the Lord. We, we got we to gotta be busy, be ready. And we'll get into that as we, we dive into that chapter. Because we'll actually talk about pre-tribulation. And then we'll talk about post-trib, mid-trib, and all the other wonderful stuff. Uh, number two. In order to be Calvary Chapel Association, we oppose Calvinism very strongly. We will not have reformed speakers at the, the regional Texas-Oklahoma um, uh, conferences teaching. We, we do not adhere to Calvinism teaching. Will there be Calvinists in heaven? Yes. Will there be Catholics in heaven? Yes. There'll be Lutherans, and you know, there are people who believe in Jesus Christ. They've, they've repented, they believe in their heart that Jesus is the only way. But we, you know, if, if we talk about Calvinism, when we talk about it, we're going to talk about Calvinism and Armenianism, and we're in a balanced approach of that. Calvinism believe, for instance, that Judas didn't have free will. We just went over that scripture this past weekend. Judas had free will. We could put Judas on the on the stand, and he would he would he would already shoot down any Calvinism argument, because he said I I did. He didn't say well I I didn't, I didn't have free I I had no choice, but he said I did it, so he had free will. So we'll talk about Calvinism. Third, CCA male head, headship. <laughs> this has been a big one. There's been some rumblings about women teaching there will never be a woman teaching from the pulpit to the congregation ever not while i'm here because scripture tells us that it's not supposed to happen and it says in first timothy chapter 2 verse 12 i do not permit a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man rather she is to remain quiet does that mean women can teach children yes can women lead children? Yes. Can women teach the women? Yes. There's scripture that backs that up as well. But there's a big push in the progressive Christianity to have women teaching, pastors teaching. 
Leading churches, that's a no-no. Okay? That's not going to happen. We believe in male headship. And, and, you know, unfortunately, there's been some push for that. It tells us in Titus chapter 2, verse 3 through 5, Older women likewise are to be reverent in behavior and not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good and so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands, and that the word of God may not be reviled. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, that when you read that and you think about today's culture, half the commercials you see with, with who's at home now in the commercial. It's the husband watching the kids. They, they're demask. you know, you can't be masculine. And you read that verse and people go, well, that's, that goes against the culture. Yeah. There's a reason. There's a reason. We believe what God has given us in Scripture, so we won't have that. So, next, uh, the next one, the fourth one. Calvary Chapel Association only teaches verse by verse. That's the main thing that we do. One of the things that Ron talked about is that when you go to another Calvary Chapel, you know that you're going to get fed the Word. You're there to be fed. I, there is not power in the words that I have. There is power in God's Word. We have to remember that. That's why we teach the Word of God. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 and 2 says, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ who is to judge the living and the dead and by His appearing and His kingdom, preach the Word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. It's the Bible. The Bible has final authority. Not Mike. It's the Bible that we go to. It's the Bible that has and should have final authority in your life, in your marriage, in your families, in your churches. That's the Bible that does that. And, and when we get away from that, that's when we start allowing the culture in, and that's when we start having problems. Let me tell you, we got a church down the street from our house. That dude is a dynamic speaker, but he does not teach the Word of God. But he's leading the pastor. He's the leading pastor. He is a motivational speaker. He shares one scripture and then talks the rest of the time. I mean, dynamic. But you're going to walk away hungry. Because when something happens in your week, you're going to get knocked around. And you go, well, what did he say? What, what was the scripture? You need to know. Like you, you need to be in the word for yourself. I'm only here to feed you on Fridays, I mean on Wednesdays and, and Sundays. What are you supposed to do the rest of the week? You're supposed to feed yourself. Number five, uh, Calvary Chapel Association's church government. We're senior pastor-led. We're not congreg the, the congregation does not lead. The board does not lead. It's the Moses model, okay? And I will tell you this, and I, and I, I like with how Pastor Ron put it. Pastor Ron said, my opinion is the only opinion that counts. Because he has to answer to God. And I was like, yeah, I, I kind of get that. Because I'm responsible for the sheep. And, and, you know, Joe would always joke, you know, if you ask the kids when they would go to youth retreat where they want to go eat lunch, you'd get 50 different answers. And so you don't, you don't ask. You just tell them this is where we're going and we eat. Well, I don't like, well, then you're not eating. <laughs> That's how that works. So we just need to remember that. Um, and so, you know, that's one thing that, that I think is very important because, you know, when we think about church government, it, 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 you know, we, we have to remember that we're led by, led by the Spirit. We're, led, we're, we're seeking God for that direction. But yes, we have a board. And so because we're a young church, the board hasn't been put together yet. That's in the process. And I've already asked the, the, the guys that I want to be on our board. Um, and, and that's guys that I've known since 2009 because they know me. And so I want somebody who's going to be, hey, Mike, I know you. 
that's probably not the direction you that's your direction not god's and i need that type of input so i can go back and repray because something i'm praying about just like Ms. Donna, we were talking about the radio she had a thousand questions that were really good that need to be answered before we because i'm still praying i'm like i we're in the very beginning of the process but there are a lot of good questions that need to be answered and so I, I take those and I'll go, okay, well, I need to pray for that, pray for that. I need answers for these things, Lord. And we need to seek it. And what is the best direction? And so that's why. Last one, uh, CCA is led by the Holy Spirit. This one is probably one of the ones I love the most. This is the one that made me go, you know what, we're going to go ahead and look into the radio. Uh, too many pastors have gotten to the point where they turn off the... Uh, they turn on the autopilot and they get comfortable. Something that Pastor Ron said that, that really stuck out to me and it's there, there's some other things that we're planning that have nothing to do with the night of worship. It's a whole different thing. Um, and it's, it's been, we've just stepped out in faith. Like, okay, Lord, if you wanna do this, let's do it. But like, like Pastor Ron said, you need to get out on the razor's edge and be led by the Holy Spirit, and that is not comfortable. You need to take those steps of faith, and that's what Calvary Chapel used to do. All the time. All the time. And so we need to do that. We can't play it safe all the time. We need to be led, and, and remember, when, when we're, there's comfort, when we're in comfort, we're, that's the enemy. Right? And comfort is the enemy of the fruit of the Spirit. Think about that. Comfort is the enemy of the fruit of the Spirit. He talked about them opening up the medical facility and how people said they were crazy about doing that. They, they're doing free health care. They're fixing to open up a restaurant for free. They're stepping out. And just that's what got 15 years of prayer. Of, of everything just over time. God providing the servants, God providing the people, God providing the place, I mean, just everything. But we, one of the things I pray is that we're led by the Spirit and we don't try to quench the Spirit. So if somebody has an idea about something and we say, well, let's pray about it, and we think, yeah, let's go for it, you know, that's, that's part of it. We, we, we want to be led by the Spirit. Uh, I, one of the things he talked about is, is staying the course as Calvary Chapel. We build upon what Pastor Chuck started, but remember that, and I love what he said, and he goes, we love people, but we love the sheep. But remember, pastor's flesh is just as stinky as everyone else's, maybe more. Okay? We're, we're human, and we, we're, we're, you know, we're, we're trying to just do what God is calling us to do. For us, real quick, our, our, and you can read all this online. Next week will be in chapter one. So for us, our, what was put on our hearts when we came here is for us to be the sun, salt, and light. Sun, know the sun, Jesus Christ. But not just know the sun. I want you to grow, right? Grow and go. I mean, actually go out and share Christ with people. But you need to, you need to have that relationship with the Lord to do that. The other thing is, is like when we talk about being the, the salt and the light, um, you know, that is very important because salt does two things. It, it, it's a purpose to, it preserves and it also enhances. So when you're the salt, you draw people in. But it also preserves. It preserves. And so when we're here in divine teaching the word of God, it preserves what God is trying to do here. And it, it can it can and, and you know it can be that enhancer to draw people in that are thirsty to try to find out about Christ. And then last, it's about being the light. And y'all y'all we'll go over that this weekend actually a little bit. But uh, being the light, it just means that we are children of the light. We've been called from the darkness to shine, uh, and and we're to be walking, talking billboards for Jesus Christ. So sun, salt, and light—that's what our belief is for Calvary Calvary Chapel Divine. And so what is our job? Like we have that event coming up on September 12th. We should be inviting people. Invite them, right? 
the link is online the things on facebook invite them it's on instagram for invite them say hey this thing's going on you should come that's part of us you know part, part of us being the salt and the light and so for us you know that's my prayer as we you know that's kind of chuck's introduction and um you know my my prayer is that you grow but not only grow but you you actually um you actually live the word of god out in your life that's that's what i want as a pastor and whether it were 10 people or 15 people god can use a very small amount of people and and change a city change a county but we have to be willing to be committed to leave it all we have to be able to be committed to be a servant right to be least we have to be committed to the word and we need to be committed to being humble humility goes a long way meekness goes a long way okay so chapter one next week we'll get into it and uh let's go ahead and close out in prayer uh let's pray father god we thank you so much for uh tonight we just pray uh for uh as we get ready to start this venture of calvary chapel distinctives you know, whether there's a word that we, pre-tribulation, mid-tribulation, Calvinism, Armenianism, whether you hear those words, don't, don't let it scare you. Because you have the Holy Spirit in you. If you've given your life to Jesus Christ, you have the Holy Spirit in you. All we have to do is ask for help to understand these things. And God has made it, uh, His word as simplistic as He can so we can, we can live out His word in our lives. And so I pray. I pray for each person here. I do pray, and again, I lift up our family, uh, for those that are um, sick, for those that are on their way to the hospital, for those that are in the hospital, we pray for healing. Uh, we just ask, Lord, just for your hand to touch the city, anybody else that's sick, anybody else that's watching online that may be home that doesn't feel good tonight, I pray that you be with them. Uh, just bring comfort to them. Uh, let them know, Lord, that you're there. And uh, just bring healing to them. And we just pray for the city. We thank you so much for all that you're doing. We pray for Calvary Chapel Divine. Uh, we pray that we would be servants, that we would be humble, that we would be committed to the word and, and committed to leave it all behind for you, Lord. And uh, we just thank you. And we ask you uh, just to bless this evening, bless the rest of this week. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. God bless y'all. Calvary Chapel Divine will be here Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. I hope y'all have a good rest of the week. God bless. Thank you so much. That was Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Divine, Texas. Remember, if you need to get more information on the church, you can do that at calvarydivine.org. God bless.